0: Janaya and you are now listening to the Femcast podcast. Welcome to episode nine. We are reaching the end of our second season, and I am so, 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 so excited for what's to come. Please follow us on Instagram at femcast podcast and on Twitter at pod cst. If you leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. I will shout you out on an upcoming show. First off, I want to thank you all so much for supporting the show. I am incredibly gracious and grateful for every single person who listens, who messages the Femcast on social media, who has told your friends about the Femcast, because who are we without community? As shared last episode, Our former co-host Kia is moving and she is no longer moving forward with the show. I am so grateful for the amazing conversations that we've had, for all the discussions that have really explored these different elements of queerness that many of us don't really frankly get to talk about unless we are with a handful of queer folks that we know. I am so grateful for this community, I am so grateful for you all's support, I am so grateful for all of the kind words, and I am so excited for what's to come for the FemCast. Please know that the FemCast does not stop here. It only grows, it only moves forward, it only elevates, it only gets better. This episode, I am so excited to introduce you all to the FemCast's first ever guest host, Anna Deshawn. First off, I'm so excited because there's literally nobody else (laughs) that I would want to do this episode with. Anna Deshawn is a Chicago-born media professional and social entrepreneur. Anna is determined to ride media into its next era by utilizing online radio streams to tell the stories and play the music that needs to be heard. Media has always been Anna's passion, so she turned this passion into a reality when she founded E3 Radio. E3 Radio exists so Black, Brown, and queer folks can be centered and celebrated by a legit media platform. I am so excited to introduce you all to Anna. Like I said, this topic is not something that I would want to talk about with anyone else because I as a single non-married person does not have the perspective that a married person would have, especially a married queer woman. So I am so excited to really explore marriage in the queer community, marriage just as a whole, and the complexity that it has. Heads up. A big part of this episode will be a discussion around the latest season of Master of None on Netflix, which is titled Moments in Love, which basically explores the relationship that Denise, the main character's best friend, has. Denise is newly married and in this marriage, she and her wife are at an extreme crossroads. So if you have not watched this latest season yet, I would encourage you to pause and go back and watch it if you hate spoilers. If you don't mind them, continue. Now, many of us remember when the fight for marriage equality really reached its height and it became legal for queer folks to be married in the United States. Now, there are still people who push back against it. And honestly, queer marriage, I think... A lot of people see queer folks and think that because we can get married that all is fair and that all is great when that's not true. While it is definitely owed and definitely past due for queer folks to be able to be married because there are privileges that come with marriage that I think all people deserve no matter who you love. At the same time, queer people have a ton of other Um, issues and disparities within our communities that need to be addressed. And so as much as I'm excited about that conversation, I also wanted to share that I am not blind to the reality of the homelessness that is faced amongst a lot of queer teens in this country, the workplace discrimination, all the different ways that we still have so many other fronts and so many other ways, so many other things to fight for, That just because queer marriage is now a thing and love is love in America, (laughs) that does not mean that all is good and well. Also, please stay tuned for the last segment of the show where I, Jenea, will be reflecting on Pride Month. This Pride Month, I'm not too excited. This Pride Month, I'm not too happy about the way things are looking we will get more into that later without further ado here's my conversation with Anna welcome Anna to the Femcast how are you doing today how you feeling
1: I'm great I'm feeling good the sun is shining in Chicago we we good
0: Yeah, it's such a shift in energy. I'm so excited to have you today as our first guest host of the 5th cast.
1: Hey! (laughs) Hey! I'm so excited that you asked me. I'm happy to be here.
0: So I'm going to start off with queer news. That's how we usually start the show off with. So, Proud Family is coming back, actually, in a few months. I think on HBO Max. And Billy Porter is going to be, like, one of the voices for one of the dads from one of the kids in the reboot. So, that's exciting. Uh, I love me
1: some Billy Porter. Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a queer, it's a mixed couple, but it's going to be like a queer couple. Like, so I'm like, that's interesting to be on the Proud family. We'll see how, you know, this is a legendary <laughs> black cartoon. So we're going to see how <laughs> people react and respond to this. Um, Ooh Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Should be very interesting. I'm sure there'll be lots of opinions.
0: Yeah. um, About that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As always next demi lovato came out as non-binary which is which is exciting congratulations to demi yeah. billy porter um publicly came out as hiv positive i just finished pose and so i'm like in my feelings i finished it last night so i'm just like wow i'm sure he really connected to Prey as a character like way more you know
1: on a whole nother level so, we also finished watching it last night, yesterday. Okay. Oh, you did? And we did. We watched it. And I'm telling you, I had to look up and see if Mercury was still in retrograde. I'm like, <laughs> I am so incredibly <laughs> emotional. Yeah. Okay? I cried the whole time. Yeah. I was like, my, my word. Uh, it was so good. And I don't want any spoilers. So I know people be watching on demand and all that stuff. Yeah, but like, right, right. It was amazing. Yeah. And I can't imagine how he felt playing that role. And not publicly coming out and saying, right. you know what I'm saying, he's HIV positive
0: and things like that, but. Mm-hmm. Whew, yeah. Yeah. a I needed lot. lot of tissue. Yeah, I was I was, <laughs> I was I was I was a mess. I was crying too. I was like in it.
1: <laughs> Next yeah. up,
0: Karine Jean-Pierre is the first openly gay woman to deliver a White House briefing. I believe she's also mm-hmm. the first black woman, I think. Um, which is a huge so black she's, queer woman.
1: You know? Yeah, she's the first okay. black
0: queer woman. The first black
1: woman I can't think of her name at the moment, but it's, she is the person who Olivia Pope was based off of okay. the show from Scandal. So she yes. was the first black woman. I can't think of okay. her name. I'm sorry, Got sis. Got you. But yeah, yeah, she was the first. <laughs> we, can
0: <Google. laughs> we can Google Okay. Yeah. <laughs> first black girl woman. Got you. Yeah. Next, Pride is coming back in Chicago in October. Did you hear about this? Oh, I did. The parade is back. Uh-oh. Yeah
1: yeah yeah i think october's a great choice right it's lgbtq history month Mm -hmm. right so that's fitting i also know that they wanted to get it in because the person who has always organized the pride passed away and so this is going to be his partner's last time doing it so they didn't want to put it off until next year so it's going to be a real emotional one i'm certain for the folks who have been organizing it for so many years Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Did they pass away during COVID? I feel like I remember I hearing. You're not sure? Okay. I'm not sure. I don't want to lie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> got you. Got you. Got you. Got you. Have you heard of the comedian, uh, Sam Jay? Comedian Sam J. Yeah. Jay? Okay. So yeah. her show, I think it's like three episodes now on HBO Max. It's funny so far. I think some episodes land with me more than others, but I like the style of it. So that's another thing if folks want something to check out. Have you watched it? So <laughs> uh, we did some HBO Max hacking because okay. Legendary is a thing. Right. And,
1: and so I saw Sam J and I was like, oh, this must be a comedy special because that's what I know mm-hmm. her from with Netflix. And so, right. I was like, so when I turned it on and it wasn't that, I wasn't ready. So I got to go <laughs> back. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go back it's a lot. because i thought i thought about to be some comedy stuff and then she's talking about some real stuff and then it was like black conservatives and i was like oh yeah. oh oh i am not meant to be prepared nor do i have a drink for this or any other good stuff
0: for this so yeah i'm gonna circle back yeah i got you i got you i feel that phil and lil's mom from rugrats in the reboot she's officially queer so i haven't watched it yet have you heard about this i'm i'm excited to see this yeah, I heard about it. No, I haven't seen
1: it. Uh, I think it's okay. dope. I mean, Rugrats is a classic. So, I think it's cool when they start introducing, you know, lesbian and queer uh, characters into these roles. I mean,
0: kids, every. I mean, they need to be aware, right?
1: So, yeah. I think it's cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And finally, the L Word reboot second season is coming back in August. Ugh, I have feelings about the first season of this reboot, but People are excited about this, so... Uh-oh. I okay. I think that's a whole nother episode.
1: I, <laughs> I did... <Yeah. laughs> I did enjoy season one of the reboot. I did enjoy it. I felt like they really okay. tried real hard to be more mindful like, about... yeah. Inclusive. Being diverse and conclusive and, like, all the things the first L word was not. And, I mean... They had plenty of sex, child, and that just keeps anybody coming back. But um we'll see how I don't know. So they do all Especially they get all the points. Are few So
0: few, yeah right?
1: in, in their in their world. Yes. Um but we'll see. I didn't know it was coming back. That's my birthday month. Okay.
0: Okay, cool. nice. Excited. Yeah. So we are going to get into the episode again. I'm excited to have this conversation with Anna because this episode, we're going to start it off with a tweet. I'm going to read a tweet to you and I want to hear your reaction to the tweet. All right. The tweet is by a sex educator. Her name is Erica Hart. I think that like they're pretty known online. So the tweet says, do straight people think of marriage as a personality trait? Like it adds depth to who they are. Now, I, I did a poll on the Femcast's Instagram story, and it was literally split 50-50 on how people felt about this, which obviously doesn't allow for nuance. So, as a married queer person, what's your first reaction to that tweet? Wow. Wait, you got to run it. Okay. <laughs> Read it. back. give it run to it me. Back. Give it. Run, run it back one more time. Okay. Do straight people think of marriage as a personality trait? Like it adds depth to who they are.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes, they absolutely do.
0: Absolutely do.
1: <laughs> they feel like it makes them a better person. Mm-hmm. Like they've done something noble for the world. Yeah, um, that they that they are now married and committed and mm-hmm. um, maybe growing a family, trying to have a family, and mm-hmm. you know, living up to some standard that we've set
0: yeah that we right that we're taught like part of me was like I'm kind of easy on it because we've all been taught that like marriage is this pinnacle of life but I also super agree I was just like mm, yeah like like sure people need to get it together because I feel like <laughs> with queer people obviously we want to get married like there are privileges not everybody but there are queer people who want to be married who are married you're married right you want to this up? i am you are hey. married. yes how long yes. have you been married let's start there four years hey four years together for 10 wow maybe
1: nine and a half don't get yeah. me the lines Nia. Okay.
0: yeah okay <laughs> but yeah we've
1: been together for a long time
0: <laughs> yeah that's amazing so like hmm when did have you always wanted to be married like has that
1: <laughs> no so, no, not always.
0: And it, it wasn't always an
1: option. It's not something I thought about, right? So I think that's where straight folks and hetero privilege kind of comes in with that particular tweet, too. Uh, it's because for me as a queer person, it wasn't a priority. Right. Even the marriage equality fight back in 2014 wasn't always a priority on, on my top things I cared about list. I was I cared about queer folks being homeless and queer folks getting jobs. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you start to break down <laughs> privilege, Marriage is the end for, for you know, a lot of straight folks. Mm-hmm. Where for queer folks, I'm like, we're like, yo, we're just trying to survive. So how can right. we enable folks in our community to survive? And marriage was down the list for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll say that the work I do at Affinity and, you know, being around a lot of older adults, how real it was for them when it comes yeah. to the rights that, that marriage gives as they get older in life, thinking about wills, mm-hmm. family, veteran benefits. I mean, all these things that come wrapped up.
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: how they how we've couched marriage in this country so I it became important to me yeah and yeah and you know the public declaration of being with your family and your friends and being like I'm queer and calling god she it was epic okay (laughs) so we had a great time period yeah
0: yeah (laughs) for sure I so agree it's just kind of like I think also we get taught that marriage is the only kind of place where you can kind of explore intimacy more so relationships as a whole and I feel like as a queer person I'm not sure if you relate to this I feel like I've learned a lot about partnerships and being there for people through my friends through my queer friends more specifically like I feel like it's a huge difference between the friendships I have with straight people and queer people and I think Mm. like more so with straight people again like and more so like straight women to be honest And worse, I I hang around a lot of black people to be honest, a lot of straight black women. (laughs) Uh, The pinnacle of everything is marriage all the time, versus there's more room like with queer friends. Like it's it's more to life than just being married one day, but also just because you're not thinking of marriage at the time doesn't mean you're not like having great relationships with peers or like friends. It doesn't make sense like with friends.
1: Absolutely, because everything about queerness is expansive. Right right a chosen family mm-hmm. like the the things folks have to do to survive is just so vastly different than what heteros have to think about mm-hmm. or challenge or uh consider so queer folks always like that ain't the only option what you talking about yeah. i got <laughs> a chosen family i got queer family i got mm-hmm. my birth family and then we also when it comes to the spectrum of identities like yeah I could be lesbian today. Maybe I'm bi tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm trying this the next day. Maybe I'm poly. Maybe I'm not. Like there's an exploration that happens. I feel like Mm -hmm. when you are figuring out your identity and your sexuality that hetero folks don't, I don't feel like always have the opportunity to explore or don't feel like they have the opportunity to explore.
0: Yeah. And And this is why I be like, people need to really find out what they're interested in because I feel like queerness helped me be free. Like, like how you explained mm. it, you just made me think of like, I stopped placing limits on myself and I start when I stopped thinking that I had to be this exact way. And it goes beyond like who I'm attracted to even, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, period. That's big, 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 big facts. It's also made me think of, um, it's a podcast called Therapy for Black Girls. Mm-hmm. And um, queer black therapist. I think their name, their real name is like Michelle, but I know that's their name on social media. They were talking about like queer friendships and things like that and how, yeah, there's just, just more, there's more to life than marriage, even though marriage, I'm sure is amazing. Um, and challenging. And challenging. Okay. Yeah. And I okay. I'm not speaking from experience, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yes, but I'm like, Janae, you're not married. But from what i mm-hmm. I feel you. I hear you. It is amazing, uh-huh. child, But it
1: is uh, challenging. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Be- I also, Compromise. I wonder,
0: mm. like, as a married person, like, so I feel like, when you know, like you said, when marriage equality became a thing, like, for real, for real, there are some people in the larger queer community who kind of maybe felt like the fight was over. Like, they kind of, if that was their only concern, right? As a married queer woman, like, do you do you have like married friends who are straight? Like, do you feel a difference? You know what I'm saying? You only know your mm-hmm. experience, but I'm wondering if you're in community with other married people and you feel like there is like a big difference anywhere. <laughs>
1: I do have straight friends that are married. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like there's a huge difference in our experiences. I think they are the same. I think how we came to the experience of marriage or came to our marriages are vastly different. Okay. In some ways. It's because of family. Like, Mm -hmm. queer folks, family experience. is the whole... Okay, I sent invitations out, like, (laughs) six months, a year early just because... My mom was like, I, I need to be able to go back home to Mississippi, so you just need to invite all these people, even though you know they ain't coming, okay? Mm-hmm. like That's mm-hmm. not something straight people have to think, think about, about mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah. Having to navigate those conversations and figuring out who's actually for you and who's not and who's going to show up, that that's yeah. not something they have to deal with. So how we come to it is different, but the experience and living it is the, the same, child. You already know queer folks relationships they be like the same thing happening <laughs> <Yeah>. uh,
0: <laughs> as the straights yeah yeah thanks for sharing that for sure so now we can get into talking about master of none season three the moments in love season have you ever watched the show or like did you have any expectations before you began watching it at all yeah so
1: i had watched master of none um okay. before so i i The only reason I didn't have expectations is because I had heard that it was completely different (laughs) Uh, and that it was nothing like season one or season two. So I was like, all right, well, so I going into it, I didn't expect it to be the way that the season, the show has been. So Mm -hmm. in that way, I didn't have any expectations, but I was intentionally not reading any blogs or any. I didn't Mm -hmm. want no spoiler alerts. So I went into it, not have seen or read anything about it.
0: Yeah, so let's start with pros. Is that what? What was your what's your overall reaction? Positive things you've taken from season three of Master of None, and for those who haven't watched it, yet, this season follows the main characters' best friend Denise. Um, She Mm -hmm. has finished had a successful book published. She's successful. She's working on her second book. They're in upstate New York. Just them two in the house. In real life, we probably can attribute this to like COVID and having a kind of film in isolation some kind of way. Um, but besides that, you know, they are married. Um, her wife's name is Alicia, and Denise and Alicia are bumping heads because Alicia wants a baby, and we are unclear if if that's what Denise actually wants. So, just a little rundown.
1: That was that was a great rundown. Actually.
0: Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pros, I think,
1: of season three is that it felt really authentic to me. Mm. So I loved the artistic approach to how it was filmed. As someone who watches a whole heck of a lot of television, okay, yeah. and I watch a whole heck of a lot of web series, it took a completely different approach to the way it was filmed. And I personally enjoyed it. Now, I could also see that <laughs> being a really huge con to some other people, because it was hella artistic to the point where it was just like, why is it moving so slow? Slow, right. But but I <laughs> it moved really slow. But I liked it because it felt real. It yeah. felt authentic to me as a black queer woman in a marriage, that is that first episode. I was like, Yep, that's my life. <laughs> She'd be talking to me when I'm trying to go to sleep. Okay, <laughs> we'd be singing and doing the laundry. Like, so much of it was just very real of like the mundane things of the way life is every single day. Mm-hmm. And for that, I appreciated it because it's not trying to be, it wasn't over glorifying what it means mm-hmm. to be any particular identity mm-hmm. it didn't try to make you know the person who was more masculine in this case denise like some like macho What's that like. macho like extra like mm-hmm. it's just not like that and it felt it felt real to me in that way so for me overall the entire season it just felt um authentic it felt very realistic to me in my life and my circle and my friends and how we like to live. Um yeah. So what you think? Yeah. What what were your pros? Yeah,
0: I also love the cinematography free cinematography of it. I think that at first okay. I thought the slowness was going to like detach me from it like i don't need everything to be fast-paced but I, I don't know at first i was thinking like okay am i gonna be bored you know what i'm saying and i wasn't like i was really into it maybe because the drama you know the arguments became the focal point you know what i'm saying so and i i really liked like after re-watching it i realized how we really spent like half of the season with them together and then half of the season with them apart um I love seeing Alicia go through the IVF process. I love that like she got her own episode and it was the longest episode of the five episodes of the season because it's just like, first off, I never thought about it that deeply. Like I'm the kind of person, like I'm not sure, I would have kids. I care a lot about family, ancestry, lineage. I care about those things. But I also realize like when I'm in relationships, if the person I'm with like really loves babies, like I've had an ex who loves babies, who like gushes at kids, that makes my heart go, oh, like, maybe I would want a kid, you know? But when I'm by myself, I'm one like, girl, like, you are not thinking about no damn babies. And so I enjoy seeing Alicia go through the whole entire process. I enjoy seeing, like, her resilience. I think I also learned about insurance. I think I knew in a general sense, like, you know, when it comes to having children for queer people, I knew that there were barriers, but I didn't really understand the whole, like, why insurance covers certain things or, you know, um, why if you're married, it may be covered. And if you're queer and single, it may not like all these different things I, I just didn't know about. So I appreciated that also just that they both black, like, Oh my God, like you said, like, I have, I'm not married. I haven't been married before, but I mean, I really only date like queer, like black women and black people. So, you know, it just felt nice and a breath of fresh air because I feel like these interracial relationships are super overrepresented and, media and it's just like so many of us who don't get to see us in relationships so I agree on on many fronts and I'm with you on everything that you said, that <laughs> IVF process. So as a,
1: also as a person who mm-hmm. is ready to have babies. Okay. I'm mm-hmm. at that point where I'm ready to pop out a kid. Yeah. I, a all of that right. was very real to me. Yeah. It is exciting. We'll yeah. see what happens. We too mm-hmm. have a donor, like watching them do their ass. Oh. I mean, there's so much was like, well, we've done that. We've had to ask. We've got somebody who's down, um, doing the whole lawyer situation yeah. and the paperwork and then figuring out all the details and how mm-hmm. COVID all jacked that all up. Um, and then her yeah. sitting in the office where the woman is like, as you continue to age, it's <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, like that's like, that's totally real. Right. As someone who's sitting here at 37. So just so much of it was relatable to uh, where I'm at in my life. Mm-hmm. And it was real. Like for her resilience, to your point, like to do it, it's hard with or without a partner. Mm-hmm. So all the shots, all the medicine, depending on how you choose to do it, it's hell of expensive. It is such a journey mm-hmm. and it will Wreck you And I think they did A beautiful job Of showing how It he wrecked her And built her back up And mm-hmm. wrecked her And built her back up In just like A very real way So Yeah I, I too enjoyed that part
0: yeah. yeah I think my favorite moment And thank you for sharing that I'm so excited for you That's so exciting hey, Like, Thanks Yeah So I'm sure this hits you Like you and your wife Like on a whole different Kind of level <laughs> <laughs> Yeah we were like mm.
1: Yeah that's what I'll be doing mm-hmm. Okay we'll see yeah, you know, there's fifty thousand different ways to go about it, but yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see.
0: When besides the part when she was like, "You are a bad bitch," like to the doctor and saying it to herself, that was like also my favorite part. But another one of my favorite parts is when she was on the phone with her mom and she was feeling kind of defeated after the first try, and she was like, "Mom, I'm tired of waiting on somebody else to make something happen in my life. Like it's kind of like this fairy tale. I think that goes back to marriage. Like it's not that she don't want to be married, because it seems like she ended up being married again by the end." But she's like, you know, I'm tired of having to like make shit, sh- wait for somebody else to make shit shake. Like, that was my favorite pinnacle moment. Do you have like a super duper highlight um, of the season? <laughs> that was a good moment.
1: I think any, I think all the moments with her and her mother were really special. Mm-hmm.
0: Even with her the not there,
1: like, cause it was by the phone. It, it was all by phone, but yeah. it was, it all touched me. Um, because I feel like, I know that's how I interact with my mother. And I feel like my mother shows up with, like, the best advice. Yeah. And and I know folks whose mothers have passed on, and they miss that part mm-hmm. of being able to pick up the phone and call in those moments mm-hmm. when you just don't want to give yourself that shot. Okay, mm-hmm. like, I thought that that was <laughs> the pinnacle. Um, what I think was the pinnacle for me of the season?
0: So we haven't talked much about episode five.
1: Okay, that's
0: because that's where all my cons lay. All my cons <laughs> are laid out in episode five. So go ahead, you got pros for episode so, five? I'm well,
1: drained. I don't know about pros, okay? Because I <laughs> I don't want to I don't I don't want to get dragged. Yeah, uh, but no,
0: I'm not gonna drag you.
1: I'm not gonna. drag No, you. not you. Oh, okay. I'm thinking about people listening. Oh. I don't I don't I don't want to think about. I don't say there's any pros, cause, okay? Because there wasn't nothing necessarily right about it, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But. I think for me, it's just it made it very real how relationships are and how people do live out here. Right. So I think that I know
0: we're giving away everything that happens. No, it's okay. I put a spoiler alert. I'm going to do it. So we're good. We can talk. We can talk about this. Yeah.
1: Okay. cool. (laughs) So I think that the way in which they came together in episode five, right and this whole driving up to the house as if she don't know where the heck they used to live like how is this up and you in the middle of nowhere how is this a surprise right uh, but like that whole build up and like their own uh this, this relationship that they have created for themselves outside of their marriages where she's had the baby you know Denise has gone on foreseeably with the person she had the affair with uh, right okay yes. and- But they had this moment, this moment in this house together, Mm -hmm. and it's just like, for me, the pinnacle was, if this could be your reality, then why didn't you fight? Mm -hmm. Why didn't you fight? Mm -hmm. And so, it's like, I I tied that piece in with, like, episode three, I think, where it was just where they were arguing at the table and signing the paperwork, and it's just like, Why didn't you go to therapy? Like, I want y'all to go to therapy so bad. Like, Mm -hmm. I want y'all to work it out and fight. And I think that that's what uh, is probably the honest truth for so many people is that they get tired and then they don't fight Mm -hmm. for their marriage. And what I talk to my married friends about, and we have like, you know, it's like a married thing. It's Mm -hmm. like a a weird thing that happens when you get married. Uh But you... We talk about the need to fight for what you what you desire and what you love even when it's hard as hell even when it's almost impossible and you feel like you just exhausted yeah because it's worth it <laughs> and for me when i saw him in episode five i was like it looked like y'all like y'all's love is worth it so why, why why what are you doing to the people that think that you own vacation somewhere right like what are y'all doing right um so for me the pinnacle is like between episode 5 and episode 3 and wanting them to have fought harder mm-hmm. to stay together and for their love you know
0: yeah yeah i absolutely agree that's that is my con episode 5 is my con like i was very <laughs> uncomfortable watching it i could not enjoy it like you were mm-hmm. like you don't want to be dragged ain't nobody finna drag you yo what you think okay, is what you thanks, think and I have like Thank a friend who was saying, like, they feel like that episode was like perfect. I don't think that necessarily meant that they would do what happened, but that, like, it was an entertaining, I guess, way to kind of wrap it up. It's, it's realistic. And it was very, it made me very uncomfortable given the circumstances. I feel like for me, if this is your happy place, if you have to get away to be with this person and they make you happy, that makes me feel like your reality is miserable. Like, that makes me feel like you're waking with your person is not happy if that is what you look forward to. So for me, like, that would be a miserable life. And so I wanted to enjoy them being back together. I wanted to like that episode, but the whole time, I'm like, I'm cringing right now. Like, they're talking to each other about their wives and their kids. Like, I, it's...
1: Yeah, it's like, it's like a bestie reunion with but being naked in a tub. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it it's like, if that's your best friend, like if you, if that's what happened, then why didn't, why couldn't you all fight in that moment? And mm-hmm. honestly, I think that's the case for a lot of people who have been in these long relationships, had a tough time and they've left them moved on. I don't believe in like this idea of the one. I believe that there's, you know, you find your person mm-hmm. and if it's the right time, right place, then that's who you end up with. But you, you can find love again. Mm. But when something is like really special, you, you can't come back to it. And they like came back to it. But I'm like, but what about the people, other people? So right, like, I'm right. constantly was thinking about, we were so, we were, me and my wife were sitting there like, but what is happening? Wait, <laughs> they, cause there were all these windows like your kid. Right. It's like, and like, there wasn't any indication of how much time had passed. And mm. so you're like, what is going on but you it it was like it was really great to see them together in this house Mm -hmm. that was totally stripped of all of their identity their their personality their all of that and they still found a way to be there together but it was just also wrong yeah i just wanted them to be like just lead the people you with and just be be together already right but that is not the reality yeah the reality is that a lot of people who are in monogamous relationships have who, well, who people who think they in monogamous relationships they, folks have other people in their lives who they are very intimate with mm-hmm. and and i think that that is why so many queer folks have chosen poly right. over other things and i think straight folks have as well but i mm-hmm. think queer the queer community has really adopted it because they're just like i can't get everything i need from one person yeah and 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 that's okay right and that's okay and
0: that's what i wanted i was like i wish that they could have been able to define that relationship in a transparent truthful way and i think that if mm-hmm. i knew that their families was good with it they that they wives that they or they had some type of other arrangement. I would have been like okay i would have been able to just be in the moment but like you're right it's just like and honestly like i don't want to be too harsh but it felt a little cowardly to me because it felt mm. like want better for yourself you know what i'm saying like this could be your real life reality and you wouldn't have to lie to nobody or you know like i don't know believe that you could have this happiness like on the day to day and they just like i feel like they gave up and i don't feel like yeah. just because time has passed that you had to have given up like it feels like they were at a better time in their in their lives separately to kind of return back together and it just felt like cowardly to not try
1: (laughs) yo yeah to not try to not fight felt very cowardly and gosh it just gets so complicated right Mm -hmm. because no matter what they decision they would have made they would have been in each other's lives forever Mm -hmm. okay right like she has a baby now she's raising this baby with her wife so even if she was to leave her she would still be in her life right Mm -hmm. even with being with denise so it's like sometimes i believe that feels more complicated and Mm -hmm. harder Mm -hmm. than having these moments i also think there's fear yeah. And going back to that which you have left Yeah. for fear that the same thing could happen again, yeah. you know. And so these <laughs> these like little moments where you don't have the pressure of waking up next to each other every day and, yeah. you know, seeing the people at their worst. And mm-hmm. but only seeing people at their best when they smell good, their hair is done, <laughs> eyebrows is right. OK, the outfit is tight. Ain't yeah. nothing going to go wrong for like this 36 hours seems easier i believe Mm. to some than saying scrap my whole life Mm -hmm. and let's try this again
0: yeah big facts that makes sense that makes sense that makes sense it's just one of them things where if you never try you'll never know and it's like too when we talk about you know elders and why marriage is important for all these different reasons i also think like what if it doesn't work out with y'all wives respectively and then you get older and you wish that you gave it another try, cause you at least would have known. Like, but you yeah. right. Like it, that whole thought process makes complete, um, absolute sense. Uh, but it ain't that, right. It's
1: not right. <laughs> but
0: it, it's it, not it, it's, it's not
1: right. It's not right. And it doesn't it doesn't live into um the ideals that I have for how I think we should live in life. We should just mm-hmm. be living to the utmost, right? Striving to always be at our best mm-hmm. and never settling. But what I know in reality is lots of folks settle every single day yeah. for the comfort, for the partnership, for yeah. all types of reasons people settle and they find some comfort in that, you know what I'm mm. saying? Especially when you get older. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I know my straight friends who are like f- hitting 40 mm-hmm. right now, right, and they still single, not married, which is the case for so many black women, mm-hmm. there is urgency, Right. Unlike any other type of urgency to feel like you need to be married or together or have children. Yeah. And I know a lot of Christian ones too, okay? So they also not trying to have babies outside of marriage, <laughs> like all these things. Yeah. So it's um, all those factors when you start talking about life and marriage and kids come into mm-hmm. play. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. I just... One thing though, I mean, in, in my 25 years, I've learned is that things can change at the drop of a hat too. So this sense of security is just not real. You know what I'm saying? Even too, it's just like mm. this whole settling, mm. that, that, that other person might be on some, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know. Things could just change so at the drop of a hat that it's just like, yeah, But you're absolutely right. Not to
1: change the subject, not uh-huh. to change the subject. Uh-huh. Do, have you
0: seen The shy? Yes, I, I really enjoyed The shy.
1: Okay, you seen the most recent episode? Uh,
0: yes. Okay, um, so
1: when Tiff flipped the script? Yeah, yeah. Right, so that security when you talk—that's what came to my head when you talk about mm-hmm. security—is this um, the fact that she felt secure and then all of a sudden she didn't? She just was like, "I'm out. We about to flip the script. We about to stay in this and we about to do something else. I don't know how it's gonna play out. Right, but. I think that is that's what came to mind when you said yeah. that for me because that's exactly how it can be. Yeah, uh, yeah, is that you don't feel like this is gonna be my forever, mm-hmm. but I'm comfortable as hell here. Right.
0: So, and I'm so mad ooh, at watch. I'm mad at ooh, Tiff. I'm mad. You mad? I'm tiff. mad at Tiff because I'm just like. I've been wanting her to be with um old dude. Like I'm like, look, oh. this oh. look like a better. situation. You want her to leave. You look Emmett. excited. Yes, I want her to leave Emmett. I feel like she oh, deserves better on. than him. He consistently cheats on. As much as I can get That's with chemistry trick. and stuff like that, he consistently cheat. Like consistently cheats on her. So I want you her do. to more want, want more for herself. I'm kind of like, are you really willing to change your whole what you doing? Because he can't be honest, and because you got a a couple, a friend couple who doing it. How you know it's gonna work for y'all? You can be poly and still be lied to. You know what I'm saying? Like, he could still lie, and and you will still be mad. So that won't take away from the dishonesty.
1: Yeah, I be rooting for Emmett to be better. (laughs) I think it's because it's mama.
0: I think I like his mama. mama And
1: so, because of his mama, I be rooting for him to be just a better human. Yeah. And I feel you, Tiff. I mean, I be rooting for her too She be trying She be like trying to hold her man down And he just
0: be like And she a boss bitch N-n-n. And he don't deserve Like I feel like she is a boss N-n-n. And he don't. don't deserve her And that's what I'm at I need her to level up The dude she was fucking with I feel like he most stable I feel like he nice to her He don't give me yeah. Controlling You know obviously we haven't seen all of him yet But from what we've seen from him I feel like he's very soft And I feel like he's very like He's given a balance That I feel like Emmett don't it's not giving her Emma don't deserve Yeah, her. but I do want him to be better. But like, I need him to get his shit together over there and then let Tiffany right. roll.
1: Well, and I think that goes back to the comfort, right? So right. that's, a, I think it's a prime example of comfort. Yeah. I think Tiffany tip is She's very calm. comfortable with him and mm-hmm. there and how they parent. Yeah. Right? yeah. But, but she went out and she did her thing and she realized she really liked that. And like, maybe <laughs> I don't want to be here, but I'm comfortable. So this is the arrangement we gonna have, right. you know, it felt like, she feel like she's trying to move it into a business relationship where she could just leave and be great
0: Yeah, um, but yeah Big facts, do you have yeah. any other cons or any other reflections on this moment in love season man what would you tell the the, the queer people out there that like want to be married you know do you have any you know jam thoughts yo <laughs> it's so
1: many jams so many thoughts i think overall I think when when you watch the season, when you watch this season, episode two for me was really also important because it mm. showed the beginning of them growing distant. Yeah. And so what I would say to folks who want to be married, uh, who are married doing their thing is that when you begin to feel those moments of distance, fix it. Mm. And even the people who are in relationship, mm-hmm. like, you know, when you things start to feel different, when, that text stop coming in the morning when you wake up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you are not going out on dates, the way that you used to, when you're not, when those little things stop, mm-hmm. like though, that is the moment to stop exactly where you're at and over communicate. Like That season, that part of that, of the season really impacted me because I've been, we've been together for 10 years. Right. So you grow in together or you right. can grow apart. Right. So it's so incredibly important to over communicate in those moments because you will choose to eat by yourself. Like there was a scene where she was eating by herself. Right. Mm-hmm. But they usually ate together or. Right. Um, and so I would say be very mindful of when behaviors begin to change. Mm-hmm. Because that'll be a telltale sign that you need to come together and figure some things out.
0: Yeah. Or
1: or maybe it's time to take a break. Mm-hmm. You know, and because something's going on and somebody's not telling somebody's not telling the other person what's really happening.
0: Yeah, that's a great gem. Be proactive. Don't let that stuff fall to the wayside because it seems like it builds don't do up it. to just like
1: don't do it. Yeah. It be you be sitting there with that papers, them papers <laughs> that they were oh, sitting there with, yeah. and she was like, "I'm not a this and a that to your."
0: you know what did she, she said so much she, to she, denise
1: in that moment
0: my favorite line she said <laughs> um she said if your second book would have been successful you would have been in manhattan knee deep in some pussy i said whoa she is a mad <laughs> wait and
1: she mad. and the funny part about that was she was the one who claimed she was in a more of a relationship denise had like a one-off fling type of thing yeah. right so who, who would have been where doing what? Yeah, right,
0: right. And who was it that right? she was, she went to the city to go see? Like, was that a long term thing? That's a question I have for sure. Right, for sure, right.
1: So she was emotionally detached, That'll um, a while. Far, mm-hmm. for a while, mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah,
0: for sure, yeah. for sure. Well, thank you for this conversation. Thank you so hey. much, Diana. episode um do you have anything queer related i can go first it's just kind of a segment like what you're living for right now anything queer related you want to talk about um a show yeah. a movie a song for sure okay Yep. Uh-huh. Oh, oh um oh
1: can it, it be about it be my anything. stuff
0: Oh,
1: Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You want to talk about it? Go for it. Cool. So, heck yeah. Uh, We got this amazing app that we're creating right now Uh for queer folks and black folks and brown folks called The Cube. Okay. Q-U-B-E.
0: Is this with with E3 Radio or is this separate? Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. It is. It's the same, actually. It's the evolution of E3. So, it's making E3 more accessible via an app so people can listen to us on the go. Mm -hmm. And then it's bringing podcast by Black Brown and QT Pop Creatives together in an app
0: Amazing. that we're
1: forming called The Cube mm-hmm. and I'm crazy excited about it. We've been designing and working on this thing for 2 years and now we're doing this huge Indiegogo campaign to raise the $75,000 we need to develop this sucker yeah. uh and bring it to life. Yeah. Um and so it's exciting. Right now, I just did our our update and so we are at a little over 20k raised in just about a week thank you so i'm excited about that so i Mm -hmm. hope you know if you're loose if you're listening and uh that sparks something in you that you go check us out if you go to indiegogo and search the cube i'll put it oh for sure
0: i'll put it in our link tree and i'll put it in the episode description so people can just click to it to just send it to me you're the best for sure absolutely yeah yeah congratulations
1: Thank you. Yeah. I'll also say what else I'm following right now. is just all the anti-trans and anti-LGBTQ legislation happening around the country. Mm-hmm. So we've just been following that really closely and reporting on it and calling out all of the corporations that are funding these groups, who are funding these lobbyists, yeah. who are pushing this uh, very coordinated Republican yeah. onslaught.
0: Yeah. And truly, this uh, like I don't know. I don't have that much faith in America. I know it's bad. Maybe I should. But I feel like if mm. Trump did not get himself in office they would not have gotten this far and it just feels like a reversal and that's so scary um
1: it's very scary right now right yeah. so it's even more reason for us to do this work and to continue to talk about it so people are aware um because if you're out there and you're interested in politics and you queer go do it okay because right. we need people in every house every senate across the country because this type of thing happens locally yeah right
0: yeah absolutely thank you for that Anna. Uh, really quickly, three things that I'm living for is... It's a documentary called Strike a Pose. It's actually a few years old about the Vogue dancers that um, Madonna took on tour with her when she was in her voguing phase and people thought that she made Vogue. Um, and about like where their lives are more recently and the fallout between Madonna and these Vogue dancers. It's on the Roku channel app. It's free. Um, I encourage people to watch that because I learned a lot. And this is why I say white folks need to do better need to stop trying to take claim to certain things and actually amplify us like don't just love our dances love us you know what i'm saying um mm, so yes that's one exactly there's a new fx okay. docuseries called pride uh that is it go every episode is a different decade and talking about just like what was going on with the queer community at that time with the government socially i feel like i learned a lot um and i think it's very transparent about the racism within the queer community for so long and who was considered queer who wasn't on uh, many mm. a front so mm-hmm. that's really good and then lastly yep. the the moments of love had this like digital performance situation where they had different artists um, like Azion I forget the a few queer um, musicians basically do these like performances and they put them all on like IGTV so it kind of was to kind of go I don't know I guess to be like with the series but it was just nice seeing these queer performers you know do their thing be amplified by netflix and just beautiful singers cool. um yeah i gotta check that out yeah i can send you the link it's on if you just go to master of nuns like instagram it's likely on their IGTV or they made like an ig guide for it that links to every single person's um performance so it's really nice i love that yeah i love
1: that i caught a little bit of the moby mm-hmm. uh oh you did that was really dope. yeah i, I know did. i performed
0: perform and, there she's a singer How okay was that? yeah
1: it was wonderful it was the stream was beautiful yeah. i mean i loved everything about that yeah um i mean okay i gotta go to master cool. i didn't even know
0: <laughs> thank you yeah, for sure thank for you. sure do you have anything else you want to shout out before we wrap up man y'all should just be listening to e3 radio all
1: the time period
0: and the cube app is still fundraising for it it's not available yet right
1: not available yeah. yet my goal is to make it available in October Okay. so we are fundraising actively fundraising and looking for just mad amplification yeah. so yeah. share the good news fam amazing <laughs> well
0: thank you so much And I'm so grateful hey. for you and I love this conversation I'm so grateful for your time and all the work that you so do I'm so glad you asked me yo sure. big
1: ups to you big ups to your listeners thanks so much thank I appreciate you. you
0: thank you conversation with Anna Deshawn and that you continue to support Anna and learn more about E3 Radio and support all that Anna and E3 Radio are doing. Before I close this show out, I really wanted to reflect on Pride Month. At this point, we are midway into Pride Month, and to my knowledge, not a lot of Pride parades are happening necessarily if you remember if you've been listening literally since episode one you remember the conversation that i and my former co-host had about pride month more so pride in chicago and what it really meant to us as queer women now this podcast began during the pandemic so a lot of what I was missing last Pride season was just being around queer people and not necessarily the big Pride parade though that is also fun more so being around black queer people those those are my people <laughs> that is where I feel at home and it felt like the pandemic really ripped that away and now as we're moving into 15 months of this pandemic and things beginning to open up and vaccines being present, I feel myself even now still being over Pride Month. When I open Instagram, when I open Twitter, when I say at the start of June, the rainbow flags, the post in solidarity with queer folks were just everywhere, 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 everywhere. And honestly, it frustrated me. This is what's making me feel very over. The way Pride has just kind of become this big promotional, fake amplifying opportunity. Now, it's not to say that every single poet person who posts something about Pride Month has ill intent. That's not what I'm saying at all. But for me, I just feel like there are queer folks who are doing different amazing things year round. And where is the support year-round? I personally don't really care too much about y'all's rainbows. I I don't care too much about, you know, this social media, you know what I'm saying, faking it. I, I appreciate the reach social media has. But I think the disgust for me is coming from it feeling like all the amazing queer people that I know, seeing these people only really being amplified or that I support online, seeing them only being amplified during June. And it's just so much. And it's just like, but where are y'all all year round? For example, there is a notable person that I love and that is a part of the queer community that you probably can guess who it is if you listen here often that I pitched a story about to a publication. And it's very interesting because it's like when I pitch something, around queerness not during pride month there is no interest right but when pride month comes around there's this grand interest in needing to have coverage for pride and it's just like y'all do know that like we exist in more than just june (laughs) like we don't just magically appear in june where is the true support year round and what I see is and and I love it I love to see queer folks doing their thing but my thing is that I'm supporting year round so I like to see that all the time but I do like the little razzle dazzle that comes during June but at the same time you know it's kind of sad to see that a lot of queer people also have to kind of super amplify themselves during this time because now people are paying attention now organizations publications media etc. are putting forth extra effort for our pride. And I think it does us a disservice. I think it does us a disservice. Queerness is infinite. Queerness is infinite. And it also does not just exist in June. Another example, I was highlighted um, in someone's story. I do a lot of book tubing, which is basically like talking about books, reviewing books on YouTube, and Somebody was sharing, which I appreciate, and I believe they are queer. Different uh, queer booktubers, bookstagrammers that people, you know, should tune into. Where is that support year-round? I bring my black-ass, queer-ass perspective all the time. I am in this body. I am in this existence all the time. Until it is my time to transition, I will be here. Why does amplification only come during June? Now, we already can't gather really with friends. I mean, people are gathering, so. But I mean, like, in huge, you know, big events where you can kind of do the most. So I feel like this time is just becoming not exciting for me again. (laughs) Even less exciting than last year. Because not only do I miss being in these spaces with my community, it feels like all I see right now, and it's likely because I'm not in these spaces with Black queer folks right now, all I see is this online solidarity. And it's annoying when you don't see that solidarity all the time. What is beginning to feel like is like pride is more so for the straights. For the Hunter Rose, more so than it is for actual queer people. It's frustrating. It feels like it's a way for some folks to say, I support them. And I think that's dope and that's powerful. Absolutely but let's just do that all the time. How about you incorporate, you follow queer people all the time? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, how about you go the extra mile for queer folks on the regular, not just in June? I love my people, period. That is why I do this podcast. That's why it means so much to me that there are people who actually listen on the regular, I do this because I have a passion for it and because I know what it feels like to be to feel isolated to feel like something's wrong with you at any age and I just wish that the work that we do even the work that queer folks do that does not necessarily center queerness is given the same kind of respect and amplification all the time that that's that's all I want y'all that that's really that's all i want (laughs) i want more for us i want better for us and i feel like we deserve period we deserve so those are my little thoughts about pride right now my hope is that when we reach 2022 that i can have a more positive outlook on pride that I can share new thoughts that I'm not still feeling like this is such a charade pride was a protest period there are now discussions happening around if people should be uh you know dressed in kink at pride because of kids and all these different things when it's just like pride has always been a radical space and yes it has become these parades and things of that sort but I think it is definitely radical to show up as your naked self if that's what you want to do you know what I'm saying body positivity is important being accepted and loved on in that space is important and now all of a sudden there are all these discussions around even like police pride again like I said was a protest it was born out of police brutality and fighting that But now, all of a sudden, people want us to water it down, even as watered down as it already is. So those are my thoughts on Pride this month. I hope that if anyone is listening, you know, who does not, uh, who is not a part of the queer community, that you consider how you're incorporating queer folks into your daily and even queer folks. I know some queer folks who low-key kind of remove themselves, who don't do the extra work to even be in community, do it. There ain't no people like your people. And honestly, all skin folk and kin folk, and I feel like that applies with every kind of community. But it's important. We should be amplified all year round, not just during June. And hopefully, hopefully, when the world is really open up, this can become more of a side note than a focal point. And hopefully these workplaces, um, housing, you know what I'm saying, development, organizations, all these different things. Hopefully really quality becomes a focal point, not just faking it for the gram. We have come to the end of episode nine. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any thoughts on the discussion about marriage and even just the episode moments in love or the season of moments in love for master and none, let's continue the conversation. Please share your thoughts on Instagram at Femcast Podcast on Twitter. Tweet us at Femcast Pod CST. Thank you again for being here. I am so excited to share what's to come for the Femcast and it's final episode of this season appreciate you until